take beneficial technological advances, such as the internet we've heard about tonight, and twist them into something corrupting. You've seen brilliant people devise computer viruses that bring down whole systems. The Oklahoma City bombing was simple technology, horribly used. The problem is not technology. The problem is the person or persons using it. King David said that he knew the depths of his own soul. He couldn't free himself from personal problems and personal evils that included murder and adultery. Yet King David sought God's forgiveness and said, you can restore my soul. You see, the Bible teaches that we're more than a body and a mind. We are a soul. And there's something inside of us that is beyond our understanding. That's the part of us that yearns for God or something more than we find in technology. A heartwarming welcome to the Kindling Podcast, presented to you by Celestial Zeitgeist Ministries. Here, we have uplifting conversations about the Word of God and the Christian faith. Together, let's begin the spiritual journey of bringing hearts to Christ, encouraging one another, and strengthening believers. When the spread of the, of, of the gospel right, was, still, was still in its, in its infancy, right, according to the accounts in, in, in the book of Acts, you know, the challenges of those times, yeah, as one reads them in, in the book of Acts, right, um, when you really break down the oppositions and the things they had to go through, you start to really find that it was nothing short of a miracle that the gospel even got as far as, as, as it did. And between the threats of you know, being, being ostracized, persecution, execution, um, even challenges of, of you know, language barriers, uh, mobility, um, competition with already established religions like the pagan religions, you know, which, which those pagan religions spilled over into, into every aspect of, 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 of life, from health to, to war to the economy, trade, and so on. Um, and these, these were even just the external, external challenges. There were also internal challenges within the, the beginning of the, you know, the church structure itself, you know, on doctrinal issues and as well as theological ones too as well. Um, we can certainly say that you know the church has had to overcome many challenges uh, in you know from the from the days of its of its of its inception, um, and today there are also challenges, of course, even in the new age. Um, but perhaps because this is such a vast it's a vast area because there are many there 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 are many places to explore in this in this uh, conversation. Perhaps to, we can break it down just to make the conversation a little bit more organic so that it can flow a little better. Um, maybe we can begin here by asking, you know, what are, what are some, <clears throat> some of the challenges you believe we've overcome concerning like, the spread of the gospel from the days of, of you know, the, the beginning of, of, the, of the gospel as recorded in Acts when we 
when we put it in contrast to what we have today? What would you say are, are some of those things that uh, challenges that, you know, the, the spread of the gospel uh, has overcome? Yeah, and I would say the biggest one um, is persecution. Um, of course, even today, there still remains um, the persecution uh, that, the, that people who desire to spread the gospel still encounter. But by and large, as compared to the experience of the early church, um, you know, well into 300 AD and even after that, um, the, the level of persecution that, the, that, uh, that believers face when you compare um, during that period uh, and in, in the more recent time, um, you know, we know that we, we face significantly less persecution as it relates to being able to go out and spread the gospel. So that's, you know, one of the biggest, I would say, challenges that the church has overcome uh, in times past. Um, you know, another one I, I, I can think of is uh, literacy. Um, you know, we take for granted the, the fact that we can read for ourselves. Anyone can read for themselves today the, the, the scriptures. Um, but for a long time, you know, um, that was not the case. That, you know, the fact that we can actually read um, scripture is for ourselves is in, in some ways a kind of still a recent phenomena. Um, and so that is a big challenge uh, or was a big challenge that the church uh, faced where the knowledge, the intimate knowledge of scripture was, was contained to a, a select few, you know, people who had actually been specifically trained uh, in, the, in theology uh, and in, in scripture, um, that we don't really have that, uh, uh, that, that challenge today. Um, the, the scriptures are translated in, in many, many languages and they are readily available through different medium. So this is, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm certain there's others, but for me, those are kind of the, the two big challenges that I can think of when I compare, you know, what the, the, the early uh, evangelists and the people who, you know, had the, uh, the missionaries uh, who had to go out and spread the gospel, what they, were, what they had to face kind of versus what we have to face today. I think for me, I'll... I'll I'll add, you know, mobility to, to that list because, you know, when you often look at the, um, the amount of, of effort it took for people to travel in those days, mm. um, just to go from one place to the other, um, Very true. being, Very true. being on, on boats, being on ships and, and not even sure if you, you might make it, mm. um, we don't, I don't think they had the confidence like we do now in, you know, we take planes. And most times when we enter into planes nowadays, where most of us aren't even thinking about maybe the plane could crash. Like we right. have so much confidence in, in how, in these transportational, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, devices that we, we, inventions that we've built. And they get us to where we need to get to faster. Um, uh, another thing too, you know, in, in looking at the gospel, especially in the book of, I think it's in, in the book of Acts, where 
you know, one of the challenges Paul faces too is opposition from already established religions. Because I think it was with um, the Greeks in, Eph in Ephesus who uh, worshipped the, 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 the goddess Athena, right, who's the, the patroness of, of that region at the time. And they, they built all manner of, of you know, paraphernalia, um, you know, the coppersmiths were always building things to honor that patron goddess. But then as soon as Paul gets into that region preaching the word, because he, according to what's written, it, it, it looks like he spends considerable amount of time in that, in that region, bringing light of the gospel to people there. And one of the things the scripture lets us know, at least the account of that, is that his work there began to affect the economy there. Mm -hmm. You know, people were... He not... was messing with people's money. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, and, and, and that's very important because I think we might still find, you know, once we get into the, the modern age and the digital age, once we start discussing, perhaps we'll find the same thing still, still happening today. And, you know, once the bottom line began to be affected, then, you know, people started rioting, the, the, you know, saying all manner of things um, against Paul, and it became a rowdy situation. So I, I definitely think that, you know, when going back again and just trying to get a good visual of where the gospel started, uh, it definitely wasn't an easy thing. Um, it was something that, you know, when we really look at it, the gospel has, has really had to endure so many, uh, so many uh, trials and, and, of course, persecutions and tribulations and great difficulty and challenges to get to where it is today. And then in modern age, we look, we, we, we've definitely solved a lot of things. Um, oh, yeah. The, <laughs> in fact, we, we've almost uh, forgot to uh, mention the, the fastest mode of transportation we have today, the Internet. Exactly. You know? Right? Exactly. Which is, is probably, you know, going to be where we spend most of even our, uh, the discussion. Because this is the digital age now. Um, even when we had solved, you know, some transportation problems where we could get to places a bit faster through planes and through, you know, boats and trains and speed trains, right? And we hadn't really built this virtual digital construct that we have now, right? Um, the gospel really started to pick up, right? We could see, you know, some movements began to form. People were able to move from, from one, one country to the other to spread the gospel a little bit more, a little bit faster, um, and even reach other, other, other civilizations that maybe they were still a little bit isolated with, with transportation. So now going from that to the digital age, right? And what we consider the digital age today, right? We're talking about the internet, talking about, you know, Google, uh, social media, and all of these um, great platforms that we have of having you know, public discourse, right? Um, having dialogue and conversations and debates. It is seen that a whole new world has been opened to the gospel, to the spread of the gospel. So I guess a question that we can derive from, from this is, well, maybe first, what are some of the opportunities here that we have in spreading the gospel through these, you know, through the digital, the digital construct that we've built? Um, what are some of those opportunities now uh, that it's that is provided for 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 the gospel as 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 believers. 
what would you say are, are some of those opportunities in your own in your own opinion? You know, I think one of the things that the the internet, you know, the living in this digital age has allowed us to do um, is be able to more easily form communities. Um, you know, that's that's if, if you look at all the biggest um, you know brands or biggest well, some of the biggest companies now, right? They're all about their platforms whereby people come together um, to form community. They've, they've in effect become the public square. You know, one of the uh, if you, if you go back as far as human history, right? We we have the record that you know in different cultures, different civilizations, there was always this concept of the public square. You know, whether you know if you're reading Genesis, you would say something like you know Lot was you know was hanging out at the at the gates, right? The town gates, mm. and you know that was a, that was that was the place where you know in in during that time uh, in that part of the world, that's where the you know the that's where the judges sat. They sat. At the entrance, you know, at the, the city gates. Right. That's where people congregated to have discussion. Um, you know, all the way, you know, into the uh, the New Testament. You were talking about Paul when Paul was in in Mars Hill, yeah. in in Athens, right? He was he was debating, you know, there again. You know, in the, we all know about the Greek culture. They would often, you know, people would debate in the streets. They debate, mm-hmm. you know, in 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 different, you know, in play in, in the temples and things right. like that, the even in Jewish culture, right? Yeah. In the amphitheaters, yeah, in mm-hmm. Jewish culture, they, you know, in the synagogue, they debate. I mean, Christ himself, you know, he was debating with the, the Pharisees um, and things like that. Yeah. You know, even up until, um, you know, the, again, very, what we would, I would still even say, you know, up until modern times, you know, where you would have people like, uh, you know, um, George Bernard Shaw debating G.K. Chesterton, you know, at the, at the, at the town square. Um, you know, uh, people would come out to hear them debate one another. Yeah. yeah. And so we, while we still have town halls, you know, we still have, but who goes there really? Yeah. You know, no, we all, we all hop on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, right? We've, we've built these platforms that have effectively become the public square. They've become the town square. They've become the city gate. And so, you know, I think that's one of the greatest benefits uh, of the modern age is that it allows yeah. for community, you know, as, as, as much as Christians can tap into that, they, you know, they can form communities, they can come together um, and more readily uh, connect, right? And so, you know, the geographical boundaries um, are, are in effect um, non-existent, right? Christians in, in, in America can network with Christians in, in Australia. Uh, in the UK, wherever, you know, um, in, in Nigeria, all over, Christians can, can network. Uh, you can tune into anyone's service, you know, from anywhere in the world. Uh, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and perhaps there is something also to be said about the fact that it, it might be a little bit more controlled too as well, in the sense where you know, if we're looking at Zoom as as a public as a public square, right? We're trying to we're trying to you know juxtapose you know Zoom as as what you know what uh, Paul was doing on Mars Hill, or, or you know what like the Roman consuls would do back in the day, standing in the in the you know in the public square and, and giving speech, right? Um, it seems to me that now there's so much ease of control too as well in the sense where um, you know you can set moderators you can you can mute people you can have people that 
um, you can control the level, you know, of, of participation, right? mm-hmm. how many people you want there, um, versus, you know, and things like that. And and I'm speaking to the to the appeal of of you know, and the design of this current structure that we have, and trying to explore to see you know before we start going into the challenges that it might pose uh, to the spread of the gospel, but just the appreciation for just the 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 way the modern setup of what this quote unquote you know public square is. Right. Yeah, it's it, definitely a lot more organized. Yeah, you know, yeah, before like yeah, you know, it could it could devolve into shouting matches. Exactly. Um, in those you know in the in those days, and and like you said, you know, it could it could it could result if there's disagreement, it could result in rioting and all kinds of things. We don't you know you don't you can't yeah. really have that in, uh, you know, uh, through your computer. Right, right? which it, it did it, even in the book of Acts when you read you know two of uh, Paul's uh, apostles that were that were being uh, they they were held in that square but paul couldn't get in right he was trying to get in there to help them out and maybe save them from from you know uh from danger so they're not at the mercy of the mob but even he couldn't get in because it was you know unruly and and you know just about anyone was was you know too much traffic but now just looking at the you know part of what makes even this so appealing is the setup Right. It's uh, it, 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 there's a beauty, beauty to it, because over time, I guess we've looked at um, better ways as human beings to communicate. What are the ways that we can communicate with each other without making it maybe one strenuous because you don't want to have to leave your home, but also making it organized where to a place where you can get your own um, message across. You can get your words across and you don't have to compete for for. Uh, for attention, right? It's a little bit more structured, and even but but now even now you know after 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 you know taking a look at the at, at the beauty and the structure that you know these platforms provide, we've started to develop um, even more challenges because information is so readily available online now like people can can research just about anything and find support for anything right and people don't really we don't really get enough time to sit with the information that maybe we just read off of the first link that we saw when we typed in you know um uh gospel of thomas right and immediately like someone reads it hasn't really gotten the chance to 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 really analyze the thing but it's the first link they saw so they read it and it automatically you know they, they become the expert on the matter right and it's the ease of finding information somehow it's not it, it seems to be that that the ease of finding it and the ease of communicating the information it's there is a there it, it, it sort of presents a challenge right and how is it a challenge to the gospel and this is what I think, like, how is it a challenge to the gospel? Because even before we had a, all of these um, avenues or we, before we had the digital age, there, in, in the early church, there were disputes. Disputes did happen, right? Yep. Um, there, were, there were people, if I remember, memory serves, there were some people even during the time of Paul that believed that the resurrection, that, that Jesus Christ had already come, 
right? And, and taking the people that he wanted to take, right? There were all manner of different um, uh, uh, theologies springing up. But at the same time, right, as revelations and information was coming in, it seemed that there was in, people had enough time to at least sit down, process things, right, before going around spreading information. But now, all it takes is that all it takes is for us to Google and informa- Google information, read a few paragraphs, maybe watch a YouTube video, and then the next meeting we have on Zoom or we have on a on another platform or Facebook or you're quick to share like that information. And that information doesn't just reach like ten people; it reaches it can reach about a thousand, two thousand, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of people based on information that you as a person, as an individual, you have not yet, you haven't sat down to really think about it. And I think that that is why we find into, in Christianity today, even though we, we, can, we can say that we are all under the same umbrella of Christianity, all manner of, like, of theological branches are just forming, of explanations and revelations are, 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 are germinating from you know, from this umbrella, from this community of Christians, that it's, it's, it's making us even more divided, even though the core and the creed of what we believe, right, is, is it's probably still intact. But there's so many teachings out there as a result of the ease of this um, uh, platforms and, and ability to, to discover information. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, like, uh, one of the, one of the, the you know new phrases in our time now is fake news mm. right and we and we all worry yeah. that you know fake news could has the potential to undermine uh governments democracies you know uh the order of society why because anyone can just get on the internet like you said right put something out there and its reach is is insane um the level of reach you know that i have that you have that the average individual has now um, is 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 far beyond what anyone uh, ever probably ever thought possible. Right now, things you know we, we have another word now viral. Things go viral um, because you know that just be, because any all over the world you know people will see something that um, I I post or you post and things like that. And you know definitely just as we worry about how you know what what are the impacts of that on uh, contemporary life on everyday life. Um, definitely it has impacted the gospel um, and and the faith itself because um, as you said you know there's always been debates there's always been theological disputes um, dating back to you know from from the inception of the church but the difference is the the quickness with which uh, it can the, the the I can get my thoughts out there and how fast it can spread, and how quickly I can I can gain followers um, to my side. How quickly I can gain, you know, if you like, disciples, uh, you know, gather them around my way of thinking. And you know, yes, that, that has definitely caused um, a, a lot of, uh, or, or has added to, you know, much of the division uh, in the church. You know, if I if I if I can. You know, if I if I open up the Bible and, and choose to read it a certain way or interpret it a certain way that maybe fits with my worldview, uh, and then I you know I, I go on Twitter and I put that out there or Facebook I put that out there, you know I can quickly get a lot of people who maybe do because they also share a similar worldview, they now say yes that is the correct interpretation this is how 
you know, it should be. And, you know, of course, others who disagree say, no, 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 that can't be, you know, that, that, that's, that's not correct. But, you know, everyone, as you said, um, can effectually become an expert or, you know, um, you, know, a thought, a, a, you know, a thought expert, essentially, right? A thought leader um, regarding scripture. It seems to me that this is probably, you know, the biggest fear, um, even, even from medieval times, right? Um, when there was advocacy for the, the, the word to be trans, translated to multiple languages. It seemed to be like that was the fear of one side of the church, that the moment we allow this word to be, to be um, translated or transcribed to all of these multiple languages and we allow access, you know, it's probably going to cause what we are seeing today. Right. Heresies, you know, because everybody becomes an expert. Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, when the, uh, the, the church was, yeah, and by the church, we mean the actual, you know, the clergy were the ones responsible for exactly. disseminating to the, you know, to the lay people, the, the average citizen, you right. know, what the word was, me- you know, is trying to teach. Right. You know, uh, but now, you know, even the average person can, you know, re- can read the Bible just as much as, a, you know, the one who's gone to, you know, uh, seminary school. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, something can be said for either side. Because yeah. on the other side, of course, you, you run into that danger of, of having to trust the person that's teaching you the word and reading it to you and making sure. Yeah, my pastor told me that this is what it means. This is what it know? means, right? Right. Um, and of course, on the other side is, you know, all these multiple interpretations of the text. And we'll, we'll dive, we can dive back into that conversation, especially about the, the, the internet and, and some of these challenges too as well and the dangers. Hi. Xiong here. So in this conversation, we made reference to some biblical events, and due to the flow of the conversations, we didn't really cite chapters and verses. So here are some biblical references. Uh, The reference to Lot at the city gate is found in Genesis 19, uh, verse 1. Paul on Mars Hill can be found in Acts chapter 17, verse 22. Paul in Ephesus and the riot can be found in Acts chapter 19. I also made a blunder. The patron goddess of Ephesus wasn't Athena, but Diana or Artemis to the Greeks. Also, later in the podcast, I make a reference to Paul's writing to the Philippians about abounding and being abased. This can be found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. Uh, the reference to teachings in the early church about resurrection having already occurred can be found in 2 Timothy 2, verse 17 and 18. Uh, I think this about covers it. Please remember to follow the podcast, share as well. Uh, God bless you as you do so. Now back to the episode. Part of the modern age too, you know, along with the internet, is also the amount of, of, of knowledge we've acquired along the way. Hmm. Um, and especially, I'm speaking more, you know, and I may perhaps I'll use social media as an example. You know, social media and, for, you know, for the most part, it is about us um, linking up with one another, communicating and reaching, you know, reaching one another uh, at, a, at, a, at a rapid pace. But more than that, too, is also there's a psychological element to it, too, as well. Right. Even just looking at, at, at the like button in of itself and 
the, the desires and the things that it elicits inside of us. You know, whenever we see someone hit that like button, right? Maybe you, you receive two likes and you get that prompt on your phone and there's something it does to you psychologically, right? That, that whole reward system. Yeah. And we've, we've gathered a lot of data along, along, you know, along the centuries as to, you know, how human beings, not just that we interact with each other, not just that we talk to one another, not just that we, we write or we speak to one another, but there, 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 are many things go, there are many things going in there to the point that you can almost predict, right? You can almost predict behavior to, to a point where it's very scary, right? And how does, how, you know, how, how, how does that relate to the church? Because you also see that the church, even in the new age, implements or uses some of these psychological tools as well, right? Um, and it perhaps, you know, in some sense, is there, you know, I guess one could argue that perhaps it's always been there in some form or the other. And what I mean is, you know, when you look at some of these churches with, with the way the lights are set, with the way the music is set, with the way um, the, the, you know, the, the arena is set, the, 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 the way maybe perhaps even the language that's used and things like that are a little bit more, more controlled. It's supposed to psychologically, in a sense, you know, get you to respond in the way they want you to respond, right? Um, maybe in coming to church, in, in, in participating. What have you encountered or maybe something that you've seen in that realm as far as you know, this whole information um, that has been collected over time that also does something to, you know, something to us psychologically that allows us to behave in certain ways. And churches using, you know, using those, um, using those methods, perhaps to grow their church, perhaps to, you know, um, um, increase membership, uh, collect donations and things like that. What are what are some of those things? Perhaps you've observed that we we are doing in the modern age um, that you probably maybe find a little bit dis disingenuous. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I think the the church, you know, a lot of the cult. I don't want to use the word cult, but like I was going to say cult leaders, but like you know. Um, like celebrity, like trying to building celebrity out of uh, church leaders um, through social media is something that for me, uh, just as a personal uh, preference, it just kind of causes me to raise an eyebrow. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I maybe it's because I've always imagined that you know the person who uh, who you know would be a, a a pastor, an evangelist. You know, is just kind of this. You know, has a workman like just heads down you know um does it they're not out to build a brand if you know what i mean that you know so i yeah. i i worry that when the church is you know when uh the church is using social media to build a, as though it's looking to build a brand versus just using it as a vehicle to evangelize the gospel to the world i would say that's that's the biggest for me the biggest uh um thing that I see that that just kind of causes me to raise an eyebrow you know and are, are you are you finding that you know these methods 
right? Because it, it, it seems that the, the ultimate end of these methods, right, it, it's back again to that bottom line, is that the, there's, there's something they're trying to, to build, right? Either it's fame, status, you know, power, wealth, or whatever it is. Yeah. Do we, are we finding that, or in your observation, that there's a correlation between that and, you know, the genuine um, expression of what the gospel, the message of the gospel, right? Is it, is, is it hindering the, 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 the organic uh, message of the gospel um, yeah, I mean, in I this think present I, age? I think, yeah, I think at some point it, it most definitely will. At some point there will be a, um, a conflict, a conflict of interest because you know if, if you are building your brand or you know building the brand of your church then um and you know the more you know you're going to do things that to, to increase follower count you know to increase the likes like like you were saying right um to increase the eyeballs on your on your platform your you know your your platform your page whatever and so how do you do that you know, if Christ, you know, is a rock of offense, if he's a, a stumbling stone, um, then you can't really teach Christ from that true perspective as being a stumbling block, uh, as being a rock of offense, as being the stone the builders refused, you know, um, because that's going to put people off. You know, if, if we if we recall when Christ began to really dive into to, uh, you know the, the the meaning of and the purpose uh, yeah. for which he came and you know he begins in, to say unless you eat of my flesh right John, exactly mm -hmm. John six unless you eat of my flesh you drink of my blood what are we told that you know out of the the seventy two uh, disciples or so that were with him at the time right most right. Of, only the twelve remained yep. all the other people said oh this is too much it's the exact same thing you can't really you know, everything you, if, if you're focused on building a brand, um, everything you, you would say is at most, at best, surface level, right? I, I, would, I would say it as, as you know, surface level, palatable uh, Christianity, you know, just the kind of things that nobody would, would, would have an issue with, the kind of things that, that, would, that wouldn't necessarily challenge the listener, right? But if you are to, if you were, you know, if, because you know that if you were actually to say the things, that would challenge the listener, that would not be pal you know, palatable, that would kind of uh, uh, go against the, the predominant thinking uh, of, the modern, of the modern world, of contemporary society, you're gonna lose followers, you're gonna lose, right. you know, you're gonna lose those likes. You, and of course, ultimately, that's gonna affect the bottom line. Right, and you know, I've heard of churches um, in certain denominations that they actually, you know, they do surveys, you know, have their members take surveys and ask, um, ask them some questions. We need to find out that it's, it's a way to sort of build some kind of psychological profile on, on you know, on them as, um, you know, as a, as a, as a pop, you know, as a, as a, as a group. Um, and also, of course, have some kind of individual insight into into the members too, as well, right? I mean, on an individual level, and all of these things are collected as data, so that um, the, the the church knows how to um, polish its approach, right? Knows how to how to um, 
approach them in a manner that makes the, the, the congregational members uh, a little bit more perhaps receptive, uh, inviting more people into it and, mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And, and I've also heard of churches as well that model, you know, they, they model their preaching based on, you know, on these, on these, you know, psychological models that they built. And, and you find that, you know, because, you know, we're talking in the sphere or the space of the church, right? But we're also, you know, when you look at even this modern age and you look at many, many areas, um, perhaps areas like music, um, uh, the fashion or, or, or things like that, you would find that there isn't as much room anymore for ingenuity, right? It's, it's now everything has been broken down into a model type thing right and it's just a matter of regurgitating the same thing over and over it's why the music starts to sound the same um after some time right it's because they've known this is what this is what you know generates what we want to generate money wise right and it's become formulaic and perhaps you know we see the same trends in in, in perhaps some of these new age new age churches and movements too as well is that they for the most part their approach is 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 formulaic or right? you see almost the same the same um uh the, the same model as well um but diving back into into um you know the internet and again you know the discussions that we have in that space in that sphere you know i think the opinions of, for sure uh, that you know we run into especially as believers amongst you know uh, within our own community when we share opinions when we when we um, when we speak with one another on these platforms on the internet um, would you say that it is because what we're I think what I'm also seeing is that there are Christians that are starting to believe that the, the gathering in churches isn't as necessary anymore because of the ease at which we're able to gather online right i've been joining some like some clubhouse some clubhouse um, uh, rooms these days just to try to get a feel of what's what's going on out there and it seems to be that that sentiment is 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 growing all right in many <clears throat> excuse me in many of these uh clubhouse rooms where they're trying to even to the point where you know the Rastafari, Rastafarian uh, approach as to Babylon being you know maybe you know Rastafari is kind of look at, at yeah at, kind of the at, Western at, world yeah. yeah as Babylon and governments sure, sure. and systems that Just, right. that oppose the will of God and things like that greed and and things like that but in Clubhouse it, it now seems to be that in some rooms it's almost as if the church has now become Babylon right and. and to be more specific, they're looking at you know the mega churches and these pastors, um, and you know as 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 Babylon and and uh, this this age of gathering in churches and someone preaching to you in the word is supposed to come to an end. This is now the age of everyone standing on their own. Yeah, we can meet online, we can talk about the word. Um, we can gather online, but we don't need to congregate at a church anymore. This is starting to be one of the fruits and product 
of 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 the digital age that we're we're living that that we are yeah, experiencing i think that's tied to the fact that you know uh, even though we are more connected than ever we are more isolated than mm. ever as well right. um and i think you know because it's it's almost you know be, because there's so much there, well there's two things i, I want to kind of touch on based on what you were saying there but you know because we can be by ourselves and be and have so much reach and so much access to so many people to what you know so many things that we we feel like well you know what else what's the purpose of actually meeting in person you know when i can just have the same level of contact you know with people through the internet but I think we've talked about this before. The church is not is not the same way. There's a reason why Paul says not to forsake the assembly, right, of, of the saints, of believers. Um, yeah, you know, the 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 the, the mega churches, the flashy pastors, uh, you know, and things like that are I think are enough to images of those, of course, being beamed, you know, into our into our eyeballs frequently. Um, all the stories we hear, you know, sure, they're enough to, to put people off and you know, and, and, and kind of make us all skeptical of, of you know, organized gatherings of, of the faith. But, it's, you know, I would say that it's like most things, right? It's, it's it, you know, the, the things that, that get magnified, especially nowadays, right, in the digital age, the things that get magnified are the spectacles, right? The spectacles get magnified. But what about, you know, but what about that little church, right? That, that, that little church of families, um, uh, you know, with with a with a, a workmanlike uh, pastor, um, with with that is run well, that is managed well, that that distills the word undiluted. Um, you know, we, we almost of course that doesn't get uh, we we hardly hear or see about you know anything about um, those those congregations, but they still exist. It's and interesting that's what, you actually say that. Just to interject real quick, because I was on a I was on a clubhouse room. Of, of Christians and the actual argument that they were having was one there was one guy that kept saying these small churches are not they're not really making any impact right and the whole room started to you know it bursted into 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 you know into a frenzy right or one side saying you know what do you mean by that and they were trying to explain to this guy in some parts where some of them were trying to explain to him that you know Impact is is what God says impact is. But the the man mm-hmm. was so the man was staunch to say, yeah, you can say whatever you want to say, but you and I know that your small little gatherings and stuff like that, and these small churches are not really, you know, um, that what are the, isn't the isn't the isn't the goal to to reach you know as many people as possible. So he, you know he kept stressing the fact that if you know if you're not a certain size, you're not really doing anything right and it's funny because i i actually you know i i take the opposite view you know i i feel that you know the the especially for you know for the for the the work of a pastor of, of an effective for a church to be effective uh let's not even say the pastor for for the church to be effective right each of the members must be known right B, you know be, the, the shepherd the bishop you know, the, I love how the Bible says, you know, the bishop of our souls, the shepherd of our souls. And that's what a shepherd, a pastor, a bishop, they're all synonyms. That's the work they do. They're there to shepherd 
the souls of their flock. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you have a, a 5,000 person church, how can you know each individual flock? Right. How, can you know, how can you know their needs? You know, how can you know when, you know, uh, this sister or this brother, maybe they're dealing with cancer and, you know, you as a shepherd, you know, they, they're a member of your flock. Right. You know, you go and you visit with them. You go and you, you know, you eat with them. You, you, you know, maybe this couple, they're having difficulty in their marriage. And so, you know what, you say every Tuesday, I'll, I'm going to stop by and we're going to just eat in fellowship together. Right. That's the church. That's the impact. It's in the local community. Right. It's, it's, and that's why I actually think, you know, the church should be, you know, uh, uh, churches, you know, a couple churches per city. Yeah. You know, where you can, that's the impact. It's not, it's not in the large, you know, it, it, it's like, it's like anything when you, when you're one out of, out of, you know, many, you, the individuality gets lost. You, you're not seen, you're not heard, you're not known. Yeah. And so, I, I, you know, I, I think like, that is one of the, the, the disadvantages um, of the, the, the kind of, you know, because we, we have so much access and, and in the modern age that, you know, it's, it actually shuts off community. And so, you know, we, yes, we, we're essentially trading off uh, um, comfort and ease, right, for community. Yeah, is it easier and more convenient for you to just stay at home and, you know, log on, go on YouTube or something and listen to a sermon? Sure. But is that really what your soul needs? No, absolutely. You know, because as I was saying, you know, listening, listening, you know, listening to that argument, it really laid it, it laid it out for me. It outlined it for me. Uh, you know, in a way to, you know, to make me see where we are now, right? As a, you know, it was like, it was a small microcosm of what I believe is happening, you know, all around. Um, and because it, it's, it, it, it goes to show the, that in, you know, it, it, at some point, right? At some point, things have to be kept in a certain way that shows who it is we serve, right? That, 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 that displays who it is that we serve. And there are certain things that, though they seem good, though they seem, they seem, they seem nice, it's almost as if they can do nothing but deviate, but, but move us from the person whom we're supposed to be serving to something else. Because one can always make that argument that, well, my church is big, my church is huge, it's evidence, it's evidence that, you know, God is here, right? And many believe that. But then, the more the church is growing, what you find is that somehow, some way, the, the administration of the church starts, it, it, it's, it, it's, it no longer becomes taking directive from God, it becomes about well, we have to be on our, on, our, on our P's and Q's to make sure that, you know, we don't upset certain types of people so they don't leave the church, right? Because right. they're either funding this church and we need this so, so, so amount of people to be in church so that we can continue to meet, you know, um, whatever our financial obligations. So in a sense, it almost seems that the, 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 the 
pastoral or the, the administration of the church is somehow in a, in a, in a small sense held hostage by, by the number of people that are in the church, right? And that's very difficult. It's a, it's a very difficult space to navigate. Because on one end, you can, you definitely, on one end, you appreciate that the church is growing. You appreciate the growth, that you're seeing people coming to church. But on the other end, as things keep on going, right, you start hearing things like, oh, you know, we can't really say that because people will, will, people will take it in a certain way and people might not put enough money in the coffers. And so you now start to find yourself compromising. Right? And before you know it, right, you start compromising here, compromising there, and then your message is a branded message that has strayed so far away from the ultimate message of the gospel. Right? So, and I'm saying all of this because I think, like I said, this is a vast, this is a vast conversation to have, but to sort of bring it, or, or bring it to a, a place where we can, uh, we can land, we can land, uh, uh, pick it up at an, uh, another day, is that how does the church now knowing some of these um, challenges, psychological, the, you know, challenges that are presented, you know, in the form of social media with ease of, ease of, of um, laying hold on information and not fully understanding things before we let loose information into the world. Having all of these challenges and difficulties, what are some of the things that the church can begin to do? Um, those who are aware to, to, you know, to perhaps meet, meet these challenges so that the, the gospel that's supposed to be preached in its, in its genuine format can remain, can remain what it's supposed to be so that we don't compromise, um, compromise the integrity or the truth of the gospel in this new age. Yeah, and I think, I think for me is that, um, you know, believers all of us need to be reminded that the the gospel right this faith is a cross that we must carry you know christ said um that we have to carry our cross daily if we are to be worthy of him and so you know i think the one of the things that the church can do to remind um itself uh, is or, or what it should be reminding itself of um, is that we are meant to be carrying a cross. It is not meant to be, um, you know, as convenient, um, right? But as commanded. It is not meant to be, you know, according to how I feel or what I think. The gospel is not about what I feel or what I think, right? The gospel is about Christ. Is about is, is recognizing that we are disciples disciples of Christ and that is that is kind of you know the the approach that I believe that if you know that the you know churches need to uh, uh, kind of re, uh, reorient their people to their you know the the members to to remind them that we are disciples Right. We are disciples. We're not individual. You know, it's not, it's not about me. It's not about you. We are disciples of Christ. And what does, you know, what does, what does it mean? It's to remind, you know, the, the churches need to be reminding its membership what it means to be a disciple. Yeah. Now, as you were speaking, I, I kept hearing this phrase in my, in my head that, you know, how quickly mammon, you know, mammon is, is, is smuggled in. 
right? Because even when you begin well, like, you know, when, when a shepherd begins very well, you know, how quickly mammon is smuggled in in the sense that once, once the revenue starts coming in, once things that you, you know, things that you probably were not really looking at before, right, starts to become possible in the sense where you have enough revenues come into a sense where, um, to, to a place where you're, you're able to afford things like private jets or, or you know, um, vacation in places that are entirely, you know, that, that are um, ridiculously lavish, you know, and, and you realize what is behind that, you have a decision to make, right? Is that I got, and it's very hard for, I guess, for us as human beings, you know, when something starts really becoming very good, it's, it's very hard for us to stop, right? It's mm -hmm. very hard for us to, to really pump the brakes, to really think about this. Usually the impulse is to keep it going, right? And we look at that and, 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 and of course, you'd find a lot of people finesse it as, oh yeah, this is, this, is the, this is what's promised, this is the godly life, this is what God has promised would happen to those and, and things like that. Um, and, and I say that because the scripture that comes to my mind most times when I'm thinking or musing about these things is where Paul says, I think it's fit to the, to the Philippian church. He says, I know how to abound and I also know how to be abased, right? And it is, it's even from that gospel, that, that, that popular verse that says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me comes from, right? Is that, the, but the problem is when, 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 we as a people have learned to abound, right? We don't want to be abased. We don't even want to talk about being abased anymore. Um, and being abased is actually a very, very, you know, um, integral part of this gospel, um, which I, I, sometimes I fear that in the new age, it's not something that we, we, we think about or even want to think about. Um, so uh, perhaps this is a good place to, to, to land the discussion. I know a lot of the discussions we talked about were, were more internal issues, um, you know, as far as like the gospel in the new age and internal in the sense that, you know, we're, we're looking within the, church, uh, within the church space amongst ourselves, you know, denominations and, and what we see within the church. But there's also external things that one can definitely explore, you know, as to, you know, like atheism, new age atheism, some of the debates that are happening in this new age and the challenges right. it poses to the church and things like that. So perhaps in another episode, we'll treat those in their entirety. I think that would be very, very, very exciting because, you know, that's where we start discussing, you know, the, uh, the new age, you know, apologetics from John Lennox and, 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 and uh, one of my favorites, what's his name, with the Kalam, with the Kalam cosmological argument. I can't remember. Oh, William Lane Craig. Yeah, William Lane Craig and, and even C.S. Lewis, you know, um, in, 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 the, in the 60s and 50s and mere Christianity and things like that. All right, so, yeah, um, I think this is a good place to end. Do you have any, any parting words? No, I think, I think, um, I definitely, I do think we, you know, we want to cover that other side as well. Um, because I think that in itself is just as integral to the experience of Christianity today, right? The fact that um, 
it, you know, it is because of the proliferation of knowledge and the, the ease by which anyone can have access to knowledge. Um, it has meant that the church really needs to sharpen its tools because now, it, it, now more than ever, the, you, anyone, anybody can be uh, confronted with claims that, uh, uh, that look to prove Christianity false, right? And that information is readily available. And so what, what does that mean? How does the church deal with that um, going forward? You know, some of the people you mentioned, um, one of my things is, uh, one of my concerns is that they're getting old. You know, yeah, where's the next yeah. generation right. of, of, the, of the apologists, of Christian you know, apologists? Um, and, you know, how are they learned? How are they skilled? Um, do they have the temperament um, to be able to uh, formulate the arguments with the same level of verve and passion and, and reason, uh, you know, the caliber of mind and reason that, you know, some of the people you mentioned, you know, have, have applied uh, to Christian apologetics. And so, yeah, I look forward to being able to kind of discuss that next time because, you know, um, definitely this age and the, 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 the great vast amount of information we have um, is, is something that uh, presents many challenges to the faith. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Looking forward to that episode. And I think this is a good place to stop and we'll see you on the next episode.